Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by local entrepreneur Danny O'Donovan of QuickMinutes.com. QuickMinutes is a specialized meeting management application that streamlines the administrative process in running a meeting. Hi everybody, you're very welcome along to the Tunaris podcast powered by Unity Media Network. Um, you're wondering who am I? I'm Alan Gould from Unity Media and you join me here with my colleague Brian O'Sullivan also uh, from Unity Media. Uh, where are your hosts? I hear you wonder. We'll come to that in a moment. But 2020 has been a very unusual year for everybody. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. We've had storms left, right and centre. We're in the middle of one tonight as we broadcast live here from the podcast studio. But 2020 will be an exceptional year in the lives of two men. So James Leonard appeared on the national television station in earlier in the year on the Tommy Tiernan show, which is where the flower, I suppose, came from the idea after that. Timmy Long, who's one of James's friends for many a year, has also had an exceptional year. He will qualify very shortly with qualifications, more than I can ever imagine. Um, without further ado, I bring you your two Norries podcast host, James Leonard and Timmy Long. Lads, how are you keeping? Thanks, Alan. I'm good. Good stuff, good stuff. A bit stuff. injured. Um, yeah, I see that. You, you <laughs> might tell us what happened to you. Um, I went back playing football there after uh, about six years, five or six years, and uh, I ruptured my Achilles heel there um, last Wednesday night. So I'm in a cast now from my toes up to my knee and in a pair of crutches and that's not something I'm very, I'm used to. I'm used Sitting to idle. Be, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. used to kept going and, but you know what, there's, um, there's a positive t- side of that as well. It's going to bring me back and, uh, uh you know, uh, it's going to give me more time with the family, the kids course, and my wife course. and, um, it's going to give me a bit of time for myself as well, just to sit with myself, you know, because... Um, you could be so caught up in life, you know, the hype of it, yeah. trying to provide for your family, trying to make the podcast as well as we can be, um, and get caught up in it all mm. without giving yourself any bit of downtime, you know. So, um, yeah, like the, the last few weeks, I suppose, have been hectic for you in a way that you mightn't have imagined. Mm. Like, as I said in the intro, James, like, you were on a national broadcaster telling your story. So for those people at home who obviously follow the podcast, but in the initial aftermath of being on a national television station, that must have been a roller coaster for you personally with the level of exposure you gave yourself at that time. You might just go go through that briefly with us. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was nerve-wracking. Even I'm nervous right now. I always get nervous <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> really? Always. 
it's because you're just, you want to represent yourself of as course. best as you can mm. and as people are watching and you know it's normal to be nervous it means that it's important to me that um i can do as best as i can when you're do- when you're going on the tommy turner show that's magnified by a hundred because it's a huge audience um and the agenda there's no agenda there's no he doesn't know me um i don't know why he's going to ask me i don't know what his experiences of drug users are i didn't know if he was going to roast me or be kind to me well he um, did call you a ladies footballer <laughs> i know yeah i know but he was very nice to me and he made me feel very comfortable but um afterwards Jesus, afterwards I was blown away. It was overwhelming, you know, and I got loads of media requests. You know, people wanted to do TV stations, wanted to do a documentary on me, they wanted me to come on today shows and um, radios and newspapers and magazines and I podcasts. I just refused everyone. I didn't know, I was overwhelmed. I was only have to start a new job as well the same week. Um, Is it, was it at that time, was it more of a a fair factor from your point of view of, oh I'm after doing this or is it in your head that you've done your bit to tell your story in order to try and help others which will come to in a moment while we're all here but was that more of a that you've done a national station yeah. and that's really the pinnacle for that story well the way I seen it I was after giving my story on the Tommy Turner show which is prime time Saturday night RT1 has the biggest audience in Irish television mm-hmm Everything after that was a downgrade as far as i seen. And anything after that was just going to be... I always checked my motivation as well. I didn't want to do it for fame or attention because I'm not that type of person. I didn't want the attention I found I had to deal with it afterwards. Um, and, yeah, so I just wanted to... I was after doing what I wanted to do was tell the story, my help people, and move on from it then. Mm. Um, but the, the, the response afterwards then was so many people looking for help and advice and guidance. That's where the idea for the podcast came from then. Yeah, because I remember after it, you were just chatting about different ideas. And I know when you spoke to Timmy, like the amount of people that got onto for advice and even family members of people who were in addiction. When you spoke about it then, was it a natural formation really for you to say, you know what, both of you have experiences. And one of the things that have come out of the podcast is they were poles apart in the time frames in the years of your substance mm. abuses, mm. which tells two different sides of a story from what we perceive mm. public as I think you used the word um, on one of them that cocaine was used as a clean drug or heroin yeah. was and something along those lines. So when you spoke together, Timmy, were you, were you kind of iffy about it at the time or what was your initial feeling? Do you know what? Um, <clears throat> for years, um, you know, in and out of VA and different people requiring help, you know, um, and then having a family as well, and going to college, it was a little bit overwhelming, because you only have so much time in a day, and, like, when I seen the the response James got from from the Tommy Tiernan show, I thought, maybe, do you know what, maybe the best thing we could do here is, probably start a podcast where the audience is broader we're, sh- we're giving people other people's stories you know they're all different different ways of getting uh um addiction um you know help for addiction help for mental health yeah. issues so that's where it came from but there was always that fear that you're not going to be accepted for who you are mm. by not so much the broader um community but your own people, you know, because you'd, you'd be thinking, who do they think they are, whatever like that. You know, all we are is two fellas, just two men. But the difference, you know? if I can say the difference in your head that you're just two men, yeah. for me, 
as somebody who is looking on as a viewer and obviously as a family member of James's, you're doing something that, uh, like, there's loads of different things out there. Yeah. But you're giving what I'd call warts and all yeah. of the realities of it. It's our experience, Alan. We're which is an education our, for people. We're giving our experience in life and we're trying to show people that you can get out of that hole, like, you know, and that's very important. This podcast, for me, is about showing people that are really, you know, at the really bottom of wherever they are, that there's hope, mm. that there's a way out, you know, and that's vital. People need to see it. And I saw it from one person early in, early on in my own recovery, you know. I, I see one person showed me what I could have, you know, and I wanted it hard, like I really mm. wanted it. And I wanted to educate myself, you know, because when you when you grow up tough and you get what you want through your physical strength or whatever image, you know, but when you change your life around, all that can't pay, play a part in your life anymore. Of you have to, you have to find a different way, and the way for me was through education. But it's also there was a ripple effect from the education as well. I have two young kids, and you know, for them to know now that college is the next step, like to just to leave in sort my family would have been a big thing. None of us done the leaving, Lord. Well, you actually said that on a previous podcast as well. You know that in your area, like yeah. you come from the same terrace, that there was no people of what we'd call influence. You know, with the the titles behind it, um, yeah. which was a unique thing. But when you look at it now, like as I said in the introduction, like you've more qualifications than I'll ever have. No, it's not saying I can't, but you've done it. So the education for me is in what you've done prior to this, which is the reason you're helping people. Would that be a fair observation, yeah. James? Well, like qualifications and education is all great but it's not to be all in dollar you know like if you can get it you could have loads of qualifications and education and be unhappy mm. in your life the goal to it is to try and get to a place where you can be a bit content and a bit happy without using substances that's the point of it then the motivation for the podcast then really for me was like i i want i, I mentioned the podcast to my wife and she she wanted to keen on doing it with me do you know what i mean so mm. i thought nothing of it then Timmy says to me, hey, me, we should do a podcast. And I was like, that was all I needed then, you know. And I'd say within a month we had the equipment, fundraise and everything. And it happened very quickly. Then it all slowed down because of the COVID. But I suppose my real motivation for it was, you know, through my work and my education, I've been at conferences and workshops and all these things. And um, I've learned a lot. And I, I thought it would be very, help me understand my experiences and my neighborhood and my mind and my behaviour and everything and I wanted to get those people that speaks at the conferences to select few I wanted to bring that kind of mainstream out to the, to the wider public mm-hmm. so that's why the likes of Sharon and Katrina and John Lonergan and filling all these people come on because they're very educational and I just wanted to be an educational piece like that's one thing the guests that you had like we'll, we'll touch on them briefly but just for people who are watching this on one of the lads social medias there is a way that you can ask questions as well um, but some questions that have come in since the last podcast I'll just there was one here and I just throw yeah. it out there um, can you guys talk about what it is like inside prison that's coming from somebody I would imagine who is in a situation would that be a good thing to say to me, do you think? Um, what it's like to be inside prison, it's, it, it depends on the, f- the the frame of mind you're in going into prison. You know, if you're somebody that's going into prison um, and you're going in there to use, you know, because that's what happens, unfortunately. 
um, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go in there and it'll be hard to kind of say what kind of frame of mind. I know when I went in there, I was sober. I was away from alcohol and drugs. And it was difficult, you know, because I was in early sobriety. Um, I had a lot of demons to face. I had a lot of shame and fear and guilt. I had a lot of shame and fear around my past and guilt around my past with the stuff that I would have done. Um, and what about the day-to-day of prison life? Uh, the day-to-day of prison life was, was grand because I just kept educating myself. Even though I hadn't a clue what I was doing. You still you know, tried? I still fucking just... I just kept going in. I kept going into the classroom. I kept listening, even though I wasn't retaining information because I was still... I was on a fight-or-flight mode for mm. the first two years in prison because I, I I was just pumped with adrenaline. I was constantly... I was paranoid, basically, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. it depends on what frame of mind the person so there's, is in. there's a couple of different scenarios that a yeah. person could go through. James, yeah. what, what would you say that that person that asked that question what would you say to that person i interpreted that as a very practical question about what is like you normally know, you come in you're coming through the courts you're in a, a sweat box which is a van with a little cell inside it you come in you come through reception and general office where they take your jewelry and strip you um you're uh, measured and weighed uh check you for scars fingerprints and stuff like that you put into prison clothes then you went to a holding cell and then into a committal landing for people that just come in and then from there, you want to get in with your friends, really. And you find the landing where, let's say if Timmy's up in A3 or A2, I say, officer, I'm going up to Timmy. Um, I go on his floor or something, you know, because there'd be two-man cells. They're not, it's normally overcrowded. It's always overcrowded, so you're going on a floor first with a mattress. And then after that, you'll just find a bed. Then the day-to-day of it, then you get settled in, get your clothes passed in. I used to go to the gym in the morning. I used to go to the school in the afternoon. And then I used to play football or go for a walk or play handball in the evening. And it was very, it was very, it, the time goes really quickly because it's very structured. Mm. You know where you are every day. You know what you're doing every day. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it like just at that moment? Going in. When you literally, when you realise, holy shit lads, I'm actually in prison. Now you mm. made a comment to me right in one of the podcasts I can't remember what guests we done where you said that you looked up to that and you wanted to get into prison yeah, at sure. that time in, in your head like well the first time I went to prison you know it was probably one of the proudest moments of my life because growing up I looked at um, that's all we knew that's like all a badge of honour like yeah and then like you see where we came from you know um People that went to prison had respect from the community, you know, and, and, and it also meant that they were left alone. Stay away from him. He's dangerous. He's after being to prison. You know, that's what I wanted. I wanted people to kind of say, right, stay away from him because mm. I was very, very vulnerable. You know, I was still a child in an adult's body um, just barely just trying to get through life, you know. Um, but going into prison then, like, is 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 just a really... It's an overwhelming experience because you're full of all these different emotions. You can't mm. put your finger on the one, you know, uh, one emotion. There's the gear, there's, there's, there's a lot of fear. You know, you don't know what way you're going to go in and be accepted. You don't know if there's somebody in there that you've argued with in the past or something like that. But once you get in there and you're you're in there for a few days and, and you find a little bit of structure, you know, um, it, it kind of, you, you just do what you have to do mm. then to make it the time, the time. as as easy and comfortable as you possibly can you know um 
and that's what I done. I I I looked for help the minute I got in there. I looked for uh, I got help off a psychologist. I got help off a drug counselor. You know, um, I went straight to the education side of it. Um, you know, I kept my head down. I didn't. I wasn't looking for drugs anywhere. You know, I I got involved with the gym and the soccer in there, and um, I just I just wanted to do my time as easily. I'd be unbeknown to myself. I yeah, just wanted yeah. to, to do it and just educate myself as as best as mm-hmm. I could. Even though I was in a state of mind that it was very 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 hard for me to retain information because I was really in high better brainwave frequencies where it's whereas I was in survival mode okay. and it's very very difficult to retain information and when you go from both of you have seen that life to now like what have the last few months been like for you like you know you're doing these podcasts to help people you know some of the people that have reached out and I know I have a few comments and Brian might get some on screen but what have the last few months been like for you James like you know what's it like watching yourself on the telly Um, honestly I was very critical of my appearance at the start because over the lockdown, like a lot of people, we were a sedentary lifestyle. I wasn't doing much movement and I'd be big into the gym for a long time and um, sitting at home and eating, you know, um, and it kind of caught up with me. And when I done the podcast and I watched the first few podcasts, I couldn't, I was very critical of how I looked, of my appearance, you know. I felt out of shape and kind of ashamed, you know, but... Um, Shane Sull is with me into shape at the moment, so I'd be I'd be tops off a season too. I I, th- I think <laughs> I think everyone was like that Timmy with the you know on the lockdown. Mm-hmm. But for for you Timmy, for me personally, look, we're sitting here behind the cameras every week when you do what you're doing best. You've really come on from the mm-hmm. first week to yeah. the last to the last week's on Philly and even today. What's it like for you when you look back and you say, "Oh, what do I look like? What do no. I sound like?" Um, when I came out at the beginning, you know, um. The community was so, it was over, I was overwhelmed by the support by everybody. You know, there's people coming up to me that would have been afraid to come up to me in the past because they've seen how soft and 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 just relaxed I was during the podcast. They felt that they could approach me now, whereas before they didn't know what way they'd be. Re- uh, you know, they'd they didn't be, know what way yeah. be, they'd be taken if they did speak to you. Yeah. But at the time. That was a persona of your life at the time. That was my past, as well. yeah, but it was, do you know what? It was just, that was just a great feeling for me, do you know, just for people in my own community to to be accepted by them and, and, and just to, for them to talk to me and to get to know them. And that was fantastic for me because that's, that was the whole point of this for, for us was was to help our own community, you know, and, and, and then it started helping everybody else around, which is fantastic. And the support that we've gotten back in the comments, you know, it, it's 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 amazing, you know, and, mm. and and at the end of the day, as we always said, we just want to be able to show people that haven't got the chance to see that they can change, to give them that opportunity, and it's been massively, massively uh, being accepted by the public and, and our community, you know. Like some of the guests you've done, obviously are well-known in Cork, Katrina Toomey is one of them, um, and I know you spoke at length about some of the people that help penny dinners that are your friends james yeah. so like when you see those lads out and about now like are you saying you know we kind of help to get out your story as well in another format yeah like the the, the boys that help penny dinners makes me and timmy really proud mm-hmm. because and we won't name anybody obviously mm-hmm. but um me and timmy would be in recovery for a good few years before the lads 
And like I suppose when we were bad, when I was bad, any I can only speak for myself. Like I could never see myself doing anything with my life. I would have been kind of my my family would have been waiting for the phone call, Alan. You know that, like you know, I was taking away having ambulances many times, and that's what you're waiting for. Um, you never think you're going to get it, but then I got it, you know. But um, I was looking at the boys and I was thinking they're they're never going to get it. But no, they're a couple of years, mm. yeah. And it's amazing. It's like there's uh, Timmy said it in one of the there's no such thing as a lost cause. No. There isn't like, and no matter how bad you were or how bad your family member are, as long as they're alive, there's always the chance that they can turn it around. Yeah. So it, it it was great. They give me great pride. It was great. I had great pride in asking Katrina on as well. Because you no, know, I admire the work she does, and she helped me personally when I was in the depths of it too. Um, and all the guests that came on, there was always um, it wasn't just superficial for us. Like we don't make a penny from this, as of you know. Of course, yeah. We don't yeah. make a dime from this, and we wanted the right guests on. Um, they all had to be not. They didn't have to just be smart or have good qualifications or have good experience. They needed to have the right personality for the podcast too. No. Yeah, it was fitting for the people that you're. Well, you're not targeting a genre of people; you're targeting everybody. There was actually one person put in uh, a message as well. I'm just trying to find it there now. Um, oh yeah, would you do a podcast with someone who has issues with food? Now, food—I'm presuming that's a food addiction. Well, I think that's very, very important, and relevant because I'd have a problem with food. You know, I would. <laughs> I'd be very honest. No, at the moment I'm not active because of my leg. And I have to be very, very, very careful because I can overeat just as I can take too much drugs or take too much alcohol, you know, or gamble too much. I just have that form of of just too much, okay. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to say it. And I think that is very, very important because I think that's actually, that problem is larger than we actually admit within yeah. Society in general, childhood obesity is yeah. is on the way yeah. up, and, and I think it needs to be brought out a little yeah. bit. You know, myself and James, we have been speaking to people for season two, yeah. Yeah. and they will be coming on the yeah. show yeah. to talk about food addictions. Do you know, I think that's really, yeah. really important. I think that's going like we have somebody lined up already, and I think that's going to be probably the biggest podcast of season two mm. because it's so relatable for everybody. You know, mm. it can mm. be of all classes. And you know, all ages, we all struggle with under-eating, over-eating, binge-eating, weight, up and down. So that I think that guest, I'm really excited for that guest. Like even when Brian is, is in there, he's in the back, right? When we come in, just for people that are watching. you brought Brian in for the over-eating part. <laughs> right? Because he, lo- right? he loves food, right? But we, we'd have a cup of coffee and we'd have a chat. And we'd have, like to be fair, uh, Timmy's wife is very good to us when we come in. But after the second or third week, we were like stop giving us the Irish mammy t- literally weren't we we were coming yeah, in she's a feeder she's a feeder like we were eating and we're really appreciative of it but yeah that's a, that's a podcast on its own mm-hmm. I'm just going to look here at some of the comments uh, John Connolly lad says great listening to you powerful messages thanks a mil uh, Sean O'Leary yeah. I'm Timmy's uncle I'm I just Sean. believe what a changed man he is today I remember his childhood days where he struggled today I'm the proudest like brilliant that, that's unreal yeah. that's and like Sean Sean alone and I'm sure he won't mind me saying this like but like Sean um, has come a lot he's come very far he's after losing something like I think he's after losing th- something between 30 and 35 kilos Whoa. in the last 6 to 12 months and he's doing that with, with one leg He his leg had amputated last year as well and um, like like he's an inspiration himself 
Mm. Like these are the stories that people need to hear, you know. Uh, and uh, do you know? I, I don't know what to say. Really, no, it's, it's just kind of get and get a little bit emotional because it's it's a family member, but all these stories are so important, you know, because there's somebody struggling with some something to they have some relation to that story, and it's very important that they hear somebody going that has gone through the same thing. For them to just give them that little bit of a kind of mm. nudge or a, a little tip just to move in the right direction. But it's very important for us as well, you know, to show them where to go, who to go to, and that's why. And James, you might just give us a small insight. So, to since it happened, since the podcast happened, I remember he said, um, we spoke about it, that if only one person gets help, yeah, everything else is a bonus in regards to the reason. So you might just let the, the viewers know what, what actually do people do when they're reaching out for assistance with some of the services? I'm just looking at Celine Hurley there. She sent in the comment, uh, do I get commission? But I refer a lot of people on to Celine. She's a community drugs and alcohol worker in Ocnaini. But that's basically what I do. Like, it's not possible for me and Timmy to go around and meet everybody. Of course. Um, yeah. Sometimes we do. Um, but generally especially like it's not just people in the north side is texting in either like there's people from all over the country um asking so i link them in with services in their area it's normally the community drug and alcohol worker or the local drugs task force or um some counselor on i put people into low cost counseling and um that type of thing you know um so you're basically both of you it it we're signposting so you're, you're advising people what to do, but you're never giving that advice from the professional's point of view. You're just guiding them in that like, direction. Well, like we're not psychotherapists, you know, and I've actually had people propose that they pay me to speak to their children. That's not what we do. No. All we can do is lay out the roadmap. Um, this is what we've done, and this is what you can do. It might seem like a huge task at the moment, but if you link in with, like, Cecilene there and set up a little plan and little goals along the way you'll get there. I suppose it's very important to mention as well if, if a parent is having a problem, if this teenager is, is, is acting out or whatever's going on, you know. Um, I suppose the most important thing for any parent to do is just to just to be there, you know, because when I look back at my own life, there was a few people that were there for me and they made a difference, you know. They make the difference now, but it's looking back in hindsight no I really understand the difference that they made in my life you know so it when you're a teenager you're you're, you're not going to really listen too much because you're you're gaining that ego and you're you're trying to become your own person and you're not going to listen to your parents you know but it's very important to find somebody that can just give them a talk to or that they look up to and and, and that's very important and sometimes you find the right Right, counsellor or psychotherapist or psychologist, whatever, you know, but mm. it's just to be there, really. You know, even though you want to pull the head off from half the time, <laughs> Tell me, yeah, you know, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm a teenager as well. So <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned there about the teenagers, and obviously you spoke about this months ago, about, you know, going into the schools, because for me, like you, Timmy, I have a, te- I have a teenage daughter and I have two young girls growing up, Um but some of the topics that you spoke about with Sharon Lambert really struck a chord with me, thinking of me growing up in school with some of the people that I know mm-hmm. who've gone through your struggles, and in the background it's a case of, do you know what, that all makes sense to me now. Yeah. So 
what what do you think could happen in season two as part of season two with regard to young people and focusing with maybe youth clubs or schools? What what do you think is pipeline well, for that? Uh, in terms of the podcast and young people, obviously you can't. We wouldn't have any young person. Like we do, we did have young older young people lined up um, mm. after eighteen. You know what I mean? They have to be over age of eighteen. Also, it, it doesn't matter who you have on; they have to be in the right mental state. We don't want to be exposing anybody. Uh, we don't want to be p- putting anybody on in front of a camera that's going to be vulnerable. You know. Mm-hmm. So we had somebody lined up, um, but then lockdown happened in his home county, so we had to cancel that. And are you hoping to take it? Like in like to say into the school like we'd say choices the movie Brian remembers this it was brought in it was it was done for the by the boys and girls in Aka and a, a bigger team of people yeah. but they brought that movie in and they showed them in Terence McSweeney so do you think that there's it's, there's a benefit to bring this I think it, into the schools I like there is a benefit to bring this into the school but at the moment that's not going to happen because mm. you can't have crowds of people together do you know what I mean like there's benefits as well to having this on a stage with a crowd of people and having live podcasts with guests, that's totally something that we're going to do. But we can't do nothing with the virus. That's the problem. Yeah. So uh, everything is going to be digital going forward. How do you, how do you select your guests? Say used in season one, how did you sit down and select the guests? You touched on it with the types of genres of people, but like, was it down to the fact of their, their physical experience with the topics? Um, do you know what? We said at the beginning that we'll give our own stories first and the, some of the issues that came up during our own stories, we said we'll try to get people that, say for instance, uh, Sharon Lambert, an academic and a few other people that would really understand, like John uh, John Lonergan, the prison, you know, would understand that. We said we'd get them on, right? But we also want to get other people's stories like our own because that's the inspiration of the whole podcast, mm-hmm. Alan. Yeah, you know it's about as I said earlier on it's about getting people that have gotten through real really adverse situations in their lives and just getting the message out there and showing people and it's very important that we do have people on like psychotherapists and all these just to give that side of it and psychologists to give the other side of it and just give solutions to problems as well that's very important you know and that might be the motivation then for somebody that's struggling at home they said, you know what, that pro- that's actually happening to me. Maybe I should go away and get a, a session with a psychotherapist or a psychologist. And that's, that's how it works, you know. Like Philly's one last week when we went to Dublin, he came at it from the opposite side as a family member of the user. Yeah. And he, we know he's doing vast amounts of work in his own area. Yeah. But people like that, from experiences of both sides... That obviously is telling us own story to the viewer as well. As we mentioned, like that person sent in a message during the week. My 23-year-old son has taken drugs and I don't know what to do. Have you any advice? So that's another one of those people that will get something from yeah. the words of advice and you're given. The, the, the thing with that type of a question, which is common, um, we've no quick. there's no quick fix for that. And there's nothing we can say that's going to fix that situation. That particular person, if I can remember correctly, 23 years of age is not a child either. 23 years of age is a grown-ass man. And mm. if 23 years of age, grown-ass man is not pulling his weight in the house and he's carrying on the way he's carrying on, that 23-year-old needs to be put out of the house. You know, That's my advice in that situation. I'm here to help you when you want it, but until then I won't facilitate the using. That's my advice there. Sometimes there are people who want to hear that because to push the person kick the person out of the home is just they won't do it like 
Yeah, but is that like the point that Philly McMahon made in his podcast um, about his brother John? That to use my terms now, kill him with kindness. That oh, you're not allowed to say hello to your brother. Or you're not allowed to love. Is that yeah. is that that type of an effect? Then do you know what, Alan? I had to do the same thing with my own brother. Like really? Yeah. I, I remember uh, clearly. I remember it was down in Fairfield one day and. I had my small fellow with me and there was a lot going on in my own family at the time, you know. Um, and one of my brothers was destroyed. He was living on the streets and my heart was broke, like, um, and I had to fucking just walk. I'm getting emotional even thinking of it, but I had to walk past him, you know, because my child was there and it was like tough fucking love. It was tough love, you know. Um, thankfully, no, the same fella is is doing okay um he's doing very well but when he said that in the podcast last week it just kind of really it just kind of hit hit struck a chord because i can i actually understood what what that meant you know and i understood how it felt you know and it's a really hard thing to do but what can you say or do to that person that's strung out or really destroyed from drugs what what can you really say to him there's nothing going to change anything, you know. Mm. And I remember towards the own, my, at the end of my own uh, addiction, um, do you know what got me got me off drinking drugs was the loneliness because nobody wanted me, mm. nobody wanted me, you know. Uh, and and that's what pushed me into getting recovery in my own life. It wasn't it wasn't anything. Nobody cut my hand and brought me down to table lodge. No one picked, you know. None of nobody. your none of your friends that you saw that you joined for the crack at that time were there for no, you at that it's, time. It was just, I, I, do you know what? No, Alan, I, I remember walking over to circuit court one day and, and and looking two ways. Like one way was to just get a taxi and go home, and the other way was was the bridge. You know, and I would have never thought of suicide while I was using. Never, you know, but I never forget that because it was one of those moments that just will will stay with me for life because it was and I just decided to turn back and that was towards the end of uh, the the madness of my life as well you know but um listen there's there's nothing there's no right or wrong thing to say to a family member when they're uh, to, to say to anybody to tell them what to do when they have a family member struggling with alcohol or drugs there's because you know it's if, just, if, if something happens then James you're you're stuck with the guilt yeah. of that for the rest of your life and that's an overwhelming thing to deal with you know yeah. because I went through myself with my own mother because at the time her own death you know I was going through my own stuff and we we weren't talking very much you know and I I had a lot to deal with over that and I wasn't well at the time I was only nine months uh, away from alcohol and drugs could that could that be something for season two lads that as a topic, maybe somebody who deals with suicide prevention or suicide awareness, you know, that's that's something mm, that unfortunately yeah. happens to a lot of people, those in and out of addiction, out of addiction yeah. services. Yeah, we had uh, we have a CEO of a charity lined up to come in um, okay. to speak about the mental health and the suicide and stuff like that. Okay, so that's going to happen. Like, yeah. So the form the form of the season two really is you're going to keep with, within obviously the remits of what we're talking about yeah. but you're hoping that we you'll be able to get out to people subject to the COVID terms obviously yeah. well, at the end of the year like. we want a balanced podcast and we want like for season two we want to have on a traveller we want to have on a victim of crime we want to have on a parent of somebody who used drugs 
like everybody has their own perspective and it doesn't always have to be drugs either of course you know um we want a balanced podcast so mm. we'd love to have suggestions from people either if people know somebody that they think would be a good guest just send it on to us and i know as well that you're working on the um, the kind of feedback so to be fair at the end of the season um season one which is tonight timmy and james have sat down and they've talked about you know what ye want what the viewers want so uh, when will that be going out when will that be ready to go do you think <coughs> what's that again Alan? the survey so oh yeah, the, the I, I survey have, of what people want to well, see well i want the, i want um i want the week anyway for philly's episode to be out there so probably friday um we'll send the survey out then what was your favorite episode have you any guests that you think would be good in the show? Mm. Um, and just, well, it's only five or six questions. We'd be very grateful if people would fill it out and send Yeah, it no, back. definitely. We, we'll share it. Like, it'll go up on all the all the websites, social media. Um, but what what is it like when you're walking down the street, Timmy? Like you said there, people are coming up to you. So people that you've spoke to, obviously, are saying, well done. The comments mm. that we're seeing here is saying, well done. Like, when you're walking down the road and you see somebody potentially who has asked basically for, you know, a bit of input and they're giving a wave. Is that a bit of pride that I'm actually doing something good with my time now? Yeah, definitely. You know, for, for me, like, I, I don't think it's it's something that has kind of gone to my head or anything like that. I'm still, still, still want to see my old self really. Um, you know, um, and if somebody asks me a question, I'll always, I'll always answer some of the question. Even if I don't know how to, to answer the question, I'll try to find out and get back to them and whatever, you know, because that could be their way of of moving forward whatever problem they have in their own life. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm still the same. There's no difference. I still walk around them and but drive around them. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when obviously using soccer, it's like playing ball, you score a goal. People say, oh, that's your man who scored a goal. The reason I'm saying that is because you're doing so much good with your time now. And you're helping to benefit other people. Like, imagine if something like this was available to you yeah. back then, when to use your word, Timmy, yeah. the mat when your madness was happening. Would yeah. you think, James, that if somebody in our family said, "James, you need to watch this," would that be something? Now, looking back, that you said, you know what, that actually would yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, because traditionally recovery is hidden. We're, we're all we're all taught to stay quiet and be anonymous. That's that's traditionally it, which is great if that's what you want to do. But we shouldn't have to be ashamed about it and we shouldn't have to keep our head down and be quiet about it. And we want recovery to be visible because how can you attract people into it if you're not visible? And like if me and Timmy decided to keep our head down and stay anonymous, we wouldn't be able to help all the people that's asking us for help. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they might be struggling at home still. So it's completely validated in the responses that we're getting in terms of then in the neighbourhood like we've got a lot of attention from around but it means the world to us for me anyway just to be accepted in my own neighborhood do you know i used to be walking around here with my head down um shamed in my life and embarrassed and low self-esteem and everything but to be able to walk around the community you know and to be respected and you know to know that you're actually contributing to the community in a positive way that means everything to me but is it is it is it gut-wrenching free lads like you're one of the comments come in there you're you're opening up to every aspect of your your journey that you've had like i know we spoke to me about the negative side of what people can say look and call a spade a spade there has been some right um is that gut-wrenching for you when you think back like oh my god or is it a case of that that's done i've said i'm sorry and i moved on like Mm -hmm. what's your feelings on that when you see it back week after week after week 
Well, I like there's a lot of people still in, still hurt from some of my actions uh, during addiction or whatever during my lifetime. You know, um, like there's no easy way of 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 kind of trying to say to somebody, listen, I, I apologize for my actions, whether I remember it or whether I don't, you know, and, and I, I'll never make an excuse for, for anything I've done, you know, I'll always make an apology, and I have made apologies to people that, that have accepted it, and people that, there's a lot of people will never accept an apology, because they're probably still in a lot of pain from things I have done, but I can't. Like that can't stop me in my own life either. Yeah, you can't hold on to their. No, they're not right? wanting to move forward. That's I, I have to keep moving forward because my experience, my story, has to be out there because there's there's a lot more people out there that need to listen to me. If I was to stop doing what I'm doing now because of a few bad comments from somebody that I hurt, like I'll again say I apologize to anybody that I've hurt. You know, and if they wanted to set up a meeting with me and sit down with me and have a cup of tea and I'll sit there and I'll listen to whatever harm or anything I done to them, I'll sit there and I'll listen and I'll make my apology, you know, but it cannot stop me on this journey, what I mean doing either, mm. you know, we have to continue this because this is vital because from the comments and the, the what we're getting from people, it's... It just keeps pushing mm. us forward. It's helping people, really helping people, you know. Is that something, James, when you look now in a position you're in, is that something that you think stops people from entering into addiction services that they have to actually accept that either they were A, wrong, or B, that they've hurt people? Would you think that that's an immediate stumbling block for people to say, yeah, do you know what, I need a bit of a hand here? Um, I think a stumbling block for people in, in recoveries that they won't admit that they have a problem. Like if you grew up in a, and a, if you grew up in a house where alcoholism is in the house and all your friends are drinking, you you might you that's totally normal behaviour for you, you know. So that's one. Um, another another um barrier to people accessing recovery is shame and stigma, um, and then just. It's, it's lack of confidence. Like it's just a lack of confidence. Like John Lonergan spoke about um, one of the biggest issues he sees amongst prisoners was a lack of confidence. Pe- people just don't believe they can make their make their life do anything with their life. They just don't believe it. But the stigma and mm-hmm. the belief with these podcasts is obviously coming across that yes, the stigma will always be there. But you've come up and you've said okay. I've made mistakes, I need help, as you said, yeah. and then they move on, but the services are there for people to yeah. guide them mm. through that journey. Like All you need is a bit of a belief, a tiny little bit of belief that you can do it, yeah. and just reach out, and make, go to your appointments. These are these are practical things you can do. If you have a little bit of belief, or a little bit of a want to get out of it, make your appointments, go to your appointments, they're essential, and before you know it, it has a cumulative effect, a snowball effect, you start to, you know, you have more appointments before you know it, you're on waiting list, you get the treatment or whatever you end up doing. But it's just important to have that little bit of belief and to make sure you link in with services because you won't be able to do it on your own. Like. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the belief that somebody like somebody watching could very well be stuck in a rut and if they believe I can't do it. Some of the comments coming in, um, Brenda Leahy, great respect to you both. Keep going, great help to all those people with addiction. Um, Sharon O'Connor, 
well done boys you're doing fantastic work would be great to have parents on to speak how they were affected by drug addiction with a child and you mentioned that that's something that what about Aoife Hannah yeah, looking at that there I'm laughing did you ever go into so. politics James to represent your area do you know what you did I've said, I, I have actually that's said that before I have said that before like yeah I was uh, do you play golf I was watching <laughs> like every like everybody else the other day we the news about golf gates broke now I have a family member my wife is um, she'd be classed as very high risk right she's in the vulnerable group we've isolated for the last six months like do you know I was at a funeral in Dublin you know it's just it, we've all sacrificed and then the, the people that we elect aren't do you know what I mean the elites aren't and then I was thinking do you know what we should be fucking representing ourselves do you know what I mean we should be mm. like, that's what we're doing these, these people are so out of touch mm. with the community that we should be in. but that's where it's vital James and that's another whole podcast in itself there's people watching this now right that potentially have never used their right to vote and when it comes to voting, and I'm not talking any political party, whether you're, yeah. no matter what you are, exercise your right to vote. Yeah. Because, as you said, the people that we are electing... Yeah. Well, any time an election comes up, like, this podcast will never be political podcast. No. It will never be political podcast. You can be Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Sinn Féin, or whoever, Labour. Independence. Any, this podcast is for everybody. And when an election comes up, this will be, this will be used as an active citizenship um, education piece in terms of showing people the importance of it and yeah. but in terms of me going into politics if you'll vote for me I'll do it <laughs> I was I was considering this let's put it but, that but way but at, at the end of the day Philly McMahon spoke about it last week right I'm a firm believer in this I know you're the same and Brian we had another conversation ourselves having people who make policies who've never been in this situation before be it we're from the north side of the city is there somebody actually making policies that will affect people on the north side or south side or whatever? So that's something that should be done anyway, where people that are making policies, whether it's on policies about soccer, that yeah. people are actually in the job that they know all about it. And yeah. he, he made a very good point that the people who are deciding the future of the people, especially when it comes to criminalisation, they know nothing about it. They're yeah. up in these offices. I see James smiling. James, you want to read out another one of those there? Um, <laughs> great are we laughing at? Board number one. Mark Hosgrove. Vote number one, great stuff, lads. But you know what? Why not, like? Do you know, we, we need more people like Tommy Gould and Jonathan O'Brien. And we, we need more working class people from the area to voice, voice our concerns and be our representatives. Mm. But, but would, you, would you view the podcast as a way for people to get more educated? Cause oh, enough, definitely. Because an awful lot of people in every area and walks of life, not just where we're living, view, like I know one p- person who comes to mind, so what's the point voting, sure my vote won't count. Yeah. Like, That's the reason, you have people at them, got that golf to know, like they're not from areas like where no. we're from, but they can secure their seats every time because we, people in our areas don't vote, you know, yeah. and I can understand why people don't vote. I didn't vote for a long time myself either. But now you do, and you can yeah. see it. But how, how was, to use the word lockdown, how was it for you lads? Obviously the podcast of, Filled up a lot of your time the last couple of months, but how have, how was it for your headspace like? It's tough. It's tough for me. I'll be stuck in here, as I said. I was inside in this uh, room. Now it doesn't look as pretty as it does now. It was just uh, it was an old workshop, um, and I was locked over here for thirteen weeks trying to finish my dissertation and my project. Um, and like I'm not somebody that can sit at a laptop for thirteen hours a day, so I was in and out of the kitchen every chance I got, mm. taking stuff out of the fridge in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and I put on two extra stone over it, and 
it was tough for everybody, but it really helped us as well to get to know the people who we were living with. You know, gave me a great opportunity to get to know my kids a little bit more. Um, and my wife, you know, we, we were around each other so much. But, listen, everybody had to go through it. And I hear people talking about um, mental health issues. They became very evident during lockdown. And yeah. I can imagine how, how hard it must have been for somebody that, as particularly your elderly people, uh, how hard it must have been at home without their grandkids calling on a Sunday or three days a week or whatever, and just to be stuck in there with no human contact, they're the people that I really, really yeah. felt for. Do you know what I mean? What, what got you through, James? Um, lockdown, the first four to six weeks of lockdown was fine. The novelty was there. I was enjoying staying at home with my wife. I had a puppy, and I had two dogs at home when I was young. I was glad I could be there. After about six weeks then, you know, it just becomes... Mo- monotonous you know my mental health my, my mental health went as well because I, I started getting a bit of depression um since i gave up the drinking drugs i've been a very busy boy you know i was working always studying always volunteering doing not all sorts of things meetings what have you now all of a sudden i'm stuck in a one-bed flat and i can't go nowhere it just took us toll on me so i was glad to see the back of it now saying that i tried to keep myself busy i tried to use my time productively I saw at my PlayStation, I wrote a PhD proposal and I got a scholarship for that. We got the podcast up and going. I was working with the HSE. I'm working with the ETB as well. We planned some um, some stuff for the U, U, uh, U clubs and that. So I tried to stay as busy as possible. But yeah, it was definitely difficult. So now, imagine Timmy and James in lockdown in addiction. Oh. That's a totally different thing altogether. Yeah. And there are people watching this, dads, yeah. that have went through that. So, the big the big t- thing I think we're all taking from is that you can't do it alone. No. But like those people, what would you say to those people now who who have experienced what you have plus some because they're still in an addiction? Like the amount of people that um, relapsed, even. relapsed during the lockdown, and there was a lot of newcomers came in before lockdown as well, and they had no chance once all the meetings and stuff were were stopped. How did they keep going to me? There were Zoom meetings, like but. For somebody in early recovery, they need the contact, the human contact. They need the demeanour of the person across from them, the showing, yeah. showing a bit of uh, a bit of concern. You know, we need all that. Um, like I was looking at one of the messages there. Uh, uh, what is it? Wouldn't it be great to have somewhere to go for help with addictions and have someone like Timmy and James who went through it? Like there's places like that in the city, like. There is, we go to a meeting there every, I go to a meeting there and choose, I love going to this meeting because number one, I'm around people that have gone through similar situations with me in life and number two, I just enjoy going in there, you know, um, and that's inside Penny Dinners on a Tuesday at a seven o'clock and on a Friday at a seven o'clock. The meeting is open to any form of addiction you may have. It doesn't matter if it's a drug addiction, it's an alcohol addiction. It's an eating disorder or gambling. You know, it don't matter who you are from what corner of the city or whatever else you come from. This is open to everybody. So if you're looking for somewhere to go to and you're struggling with any form of addiction, come in here and just mm. sit down and have a cup of tea and just listen. You don't have to talk. You can just sit down and listen to people that are in there having their struggles 
and that might be your motivation to to get yourself sorted to seek some professional help or outside help i'm a big advocate for outside help outside of any form of meeting that's vital you know is is it okay or not okay is it something that's common in people that are like yourselves in recovery that up to the present moment in time that they would continue that it's vital they continue to go to those meetings not necessarily okay i don't really go to meetings anymore um for the first two years i went to them religiously um and i got involved in service and secretaries and all it was very important because you you meet new people um in the rooms because very diverse groups um, but after that then you start to build a life do you know what I mean and now I dip in and out of the meetings you know but I f- surround my people people in recovery like all my friends are in recovery okay. well I have some friends in addiction still but the people that I, I, I be around are all in recovery and it's not because I've anything against people in addiction I don't I'd love for them to go into recovery but you just have to mind yourself do you know mind you, yourself first and then you have to because you're others. no good to anybody when you're using like yeah. and I'm, the, the friends I have that I use and I'm no good to them using I'm only good to them doing what I'm doing here and trying to attract them into this mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so, before we wrap up lads we'll just have a yeah. look at some of the comments uh, first one anyway is jumping off there James is Claire come up and paint my kitchen James <laughs> drive on with lines William O'Brien what a great platform lads bring in contact what is it connectedness empowerment and hope wishing you all the best Billy McCarthy well done lads keep it going love watching the podcast um, Shane Cody I'm in recovery myself and I'm from the north side a person like yourself who came from the gutter and who knows a voice is what's needed for Cork that's obviously in relation to the, the polit- politicians mm-hmm. but look it was a good catch up mm-hmm. on season one um, we wish you the best of luck for season two there's lots and lots of stuff planned for season two. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say or, you know, before you finish off season one, I suppose, your yeah. sponsors and stuff like that? Um, first of all, I w- I'd like to thank the people that donated to the GoFundMe to help us get the equipment um, because we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Um, Jason O'Gorman for designing us a Jason logo. Mm-hmm. The class. I that gave him class. I gave him a very vague idea. He came back to, mm-hmm. the, to me with that about a half an hour. <laughs> um, so thanks a million for that Cahill Heenahan for giving us uh, designing us a lovely website myneweb.com um, the guests for coming on do you know I email people on long shots mm-hmm. and they come back and they just wanted to be a part of it do you know so um, huge um, thanks to them and to yourselves Unity Media Network um, like me Timmy had all the will in the world we didn't know our ass more elbows in terms of producing it, you know. <laughs> so it, it was. Well, we sat in here one evening and there, and uh, like, we had two phones up on top of the table. No, we were very motivated to do this and, yeah. and try to help people. But in terms of technology and setting this up, like we were. We were I like, tell you what, you gave me the SD card and I seen the videos, <laughs> and I was actually very impressed with your will to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's good. So, just to give you an overview, so when can people expect season two to, to hit, the, to hit a, the airwaves? We're going to record podcasts in the next four weeks. So, we're going to take a four week hiatus and come back towards the end of September. Okay. Um, and release them weekly then again and do a live one maybe we could have a Christmas special as well to bring yourselves back and um, yeah we'll do sporadic live ones and you know just keep taking yeah. see how it goes and, and I suppose the main thing as well for people is to keep 
on the pages, the, the Twitter pages. There's a new Twitter page as well that James set up today. James and Timmy set it up. It's the Two Norries podcast. Yeah. So make sure, if you don't know it, you can go to James and Timmy's pages and make sure you follow that because that will start to build up the following yeah. there for all the content for season two. Um, also, thanks to Charlene Corkery from A Box of Kindness. She's a yeah. person locally. She she basically has set up a new business. Also, if you haven't already subscribed to the Patreon, you can do that. And as James says, it can be a euro, it can be four euro, five euro, whatever is comfortable for you per month. That goes towards the funding of everything. Like a basic thing like electricity. Here, it needs to be funded. Food, well, the food won't bill won't be huge because everyone is watching what they're eating. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah, lads, th- thanks very much. Like I suppose from my point of view, Mine is a unique situation because obviously being related to you, James, I'm I'm listening to the words coming out of your mouth and Timmy's mouth from a very different aspect in one side of my head and then the other side of my head is as a viewer who's interested. You're doing exceptional work. Um, we wish you the very best of luck for season two and I know Brian and myself were very happy to be on board with you because it is a fantastic idea and if only one person, as we said, is helped from what, what you're doing... Mm-hmm. Everything else is fantastic and mm-hmm. that's an added bonus. And you know what, before we finish up, it's very important to mention as well, if there's anybody watching this, you know, that is really, really struggling, you know, there is a way out. There's a way out. Just just follow just feel that fear that you're going through and, and just get through it and, and get yourself pick the phone up, you know. There's we have a website there, go to the website, there's a lot of services listed on the, the bottom of the website. Um, use one of them and listen a lot of people have contacted me and they've uh, like I'm not on Facebook I'm on uh, uh, Twitter and, and the Instagram and if there's somebody that needs help I'll offer it to them I'll do what I can I'll point them in the right direction you know um, James I'm sure will do the same as he always has you know so you're not your own you know there are people just the exact same as you have been there but they've gone through the process of, of getting help. Um, so mm-hmm. keep your head up and... Um, and there is help there. There, there are services there. there. Like, yeah. James, I'll just, there's one point there. You might just give information. Um, Sharon Carroll says, how can we help donate? So how, if you explain that. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for the, the question. Um, we have a Patreon. A lot of people might know what Patreon is. But Patreon is a website or an app. Um, it's just basically where you can give us a few quid that comes out the first of every month. Some people give one euro, some people give five, some people give 20. Um, there's about 30 people there at the moment. Brings in a couple of hundred euros a month for us. That helps us pay for people's expenses. If mm-hmm. we go to Dublin Diesel, if people come down from Dublin or Tipperary or wherever, we can give them money for travel. And that's the, gift, what the gifts and stuff as well. That the you're gifts doing. as yeah. well, you know. So yeah. that, that's what it covers. As I said, mm-hmm. we, don't make a, we don't make a dime from it. We're going to go and have some food after here now. Um, so it's just like having a little petty cash. So, But if you want to donate on the Patreon, once a month it'll come out, you go to patreon.com forward slash the two norries, or else just go to our website and you'll find it. Um, in the next one or two weeks we're going to set up a link on the website as well you know, some people don't like to give their bank details over for a direct debit type mm. thing so if you just want to donate a once off thing you'll be able to do that very soon too Okay, and also uh, thanks to Danny as well uh, the sponsor of the shows you see his introduction at the start and the end of it I know there are sponsors uh, asking questions all that information can be got from James and Timmy yeah. via their website um, so lads thanks very much again for That's having right. it I enjoyed the chat it was good 
because people are watching these podcasts and they're like, it's good to get your insight as to what yeah. it was like for you because you're hosting it, yeah. you're doing the talking to the people and you're facilitating people to get on the road to recovery, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah I almost forgot Danny O'Donovan, quickminutes.com, he'd fucking knock me out. <laughs> but, uh, I know, it's true, he, yeah. He's, he's been a huge support to me and Timmy mm-hmm. in terms of the podcast, but also his expertise in terms of marketing, business, um and, and all that stuff so and he's a fellow nari which is even better uh, exactly he's across the road from me then um yeah, yeah no daniel donovan top block really. yeah so lads timmy james thanks very much uh brian thanks very much as always thanks, for P. your skills and expertise in the background um <laughs> you know everything the lads do before I the camera heard, and come I back food, I thought, no. yeah he, he heard <laughs> food uh so fair play brian is kind of the brains of the te- technical side of it um so yeah so thanks to you for watching at home we hope you'd enjoy our recap on season one of the Two Norries podcast. So for myself, Alan Gould, Brian O'Sullivan from Unity Media, James Leonard and his co-host, Timmy Long of the Two Norries, we will talk to you in season two. Thanks very much. Thank you. Slan. 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 So it is sponsored by local entrepreneur Danny O'Donovan of QuickMinutes.com. Quick Minutes is a specialised meeting management application that streamlines the administrative process in running a meeting. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.